Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Litecoin Underground Podcast. Um, got some momentum going. Actually, I had two episodes last week, and I'm going to have another couple this week. So that's good news to get back on track. Um, thanks for joining, as usual. I know um, I, not everybody can make it to the Twitter spaces, and so I hope these are kind of fun to listen to. And you, we jump all over the place in conversation, so I hope it's interesting. Uh, this week we covered a few things. We covered um, drive chains, some conversation about maybe the centralization of mining a little bit, and also some conversation about Doge potentially going to proof of stake. I think that's far-fetched, but it's being thrown around in that community, which is a little bit, um, I don't know, a little bit disappointing, but also, you know, it's it's a reality, right? It's a free market. So drive chains were the majority of the conversation, and if you want to learn more about those, I would suggest going uh, to YouTube. Um, they're called BIP, which is BIP, which stands for Bitcoin Improvement Plan, BIP 300 and BIP 301. There's some good videos out there, and really what they're trying to do is just add some capability to Bitcoin that doesn't currently exist. I've always been somebody who believes that you're better off having a lot of different capable coins, and trying to cram everything onto one is probably misguided and really not possible. I guess it's always been my philosophy even in life, you know, in business. If you do something well, don't like muddy the waters by trying to do too many things because you'll end up sacrificing the thing that you actually do well. So uh, hope you enjoy it. If you've got, uh, want to listen, follow me at Litecoin Underground, at LTC Underground on Twitter or X, whatever you want to call it. And the full spaces are all there. So if you go to my profile, you can kind of flip down and you'll see they're plenty long. I think this one actually went like five hours. So you're only getting the first bit of it. And uh, yeah, we take some wild turns in the conversation. So <laughs> I hope you enjoy it and have a good week. Let end go. Hold on. <laughs> All right. I had to play that. Jimmy Buffett passed away, man. I had a I had a friend in college who was like a huge fan, and at the time I could have cared less about Jimmy Buffett. And uh, I don't know. Over whatever twenty some odd years, it's grown on me, and you know that was a good a good guy so cheers to jimmy buffett 
there's actually a funny story I read about him. I don't know if you guys saw this thread. It was uh, about a story where he had like a plane and he was flying down to Jamaica in like his little two seater or four seater or something. And the Jamaican military mistook him for, I guess like an unauthorized flight or something and tried to shoot down his plane. And uh, (laughs) he landed and ended up just like, he just, he didn't really make a big deal out of it. He just, he wrote a song about it and kind of made light of it and never really tried to get shitty with him. So he must've been the most chill guy (laughs) in the world, but uh, all right. So as by the title, you can see, I'm trying to cover a lot today. So, you know, I usually try to have something to go over as far as like what are, you know, I don't know what I call it. My rant, my, I don't know. But this one's about this, the algorithm, you know. I don't know if you guys are feeling the same way about whether it's X or Twitter. To me, it's kind of the, probably a two-headed monster. There's some differences for sure. But I definitely noticed the algorithm is feeding me stuff that it's like, I can't get away from it. I've, I forever didn't want to mute people. I didn't want to block people. I felt like, I don't know, I'm kind of a free speech person and I felt like I want to keep myself open-minded. Um, but I've started to like, well, I'm only blocking bots. It's like when it's an obvious like shill bot that replies to a thread or something. But as far as muting, I'm trying to mute people that, Man, all shapes and sizes, like the zealots, whether it's like people who are all in favor of, you know, obviously like the coins where it's like they can't even be reasonable or it's like reached a religious point where they're comparing, you know, Satoshi to God and this immaculate conception thing. And there's, it's just not even, it's almost like you're not even talking to a person, you know what I'm saying? Or it's like, I see a lot of, um, I see a lot of race baiters. It really kind of drive me nuts. That one's getting to me. Uh, the relig- or the uh, political zealots. So if you're extremely one party, it just seems like people come in all shapes and sizes. And I'm trying to mute that, but there's so many of them. And I don't know if that's because of the monetization. Like people are just trying to get triggering. That's probably what it is, trying to get triggering threads. But I don't know. I'm only saying this because it's like, just be aware of that you're in an algorithm. Like for whatever reason, whether it's your location or what you post or what you pause on you're getting fed stuff that reinforces these beliefs that uh i don't know should be aware of it and don't get caught up in it because it very much is like programmed to drive engagement and like drive to piss you off so i certainly have days like that like today i was engaging that crazy because i got fed the right shit i guess so uh anyway so hang on animal i'll bring you up and i've been waiting hold on uh, also, another reminder this week, just a Twitter spaces tip, X spaces. If you do come up in the top right corner, you can drag down your mic thing for your phone. At least that's what it is for me. And you can change your mic to voice isolation. So that gets background noise out of the way. Helpful tip from your lovely host. What's going on, animal? Hey, how you doing? You feel like there's and, a thousand news stories again? <laughs> I don't know. I I kind of just don't even pay attention to this stuff. It's always kind of been there, you know. There's there's a bunch of different I want to say echo chambers here. 
And for sure, like a lot of the people that I follow fall more on the right just because of the libertarian uh, bias that crypto has. Yep. And uh, I mean, that's never really bothered me. It kind of just goes in one ear and out the other. Uh, as far as a race baiting and all that stuff, yeah, I think it's pretty shitty. People doing it for engagement to try to get those, you know, that monthly uh, paycheck from X. Um, well, sometimes it's yeah. like not the pure, you know, not just the pure race baiting, but like sometimes there are funny ways to engage. Like I, I was talking about that Greg, whatever is Greg three, two, one, six, seven. He's always got a clever way to get people to engage. And, uh, Doge, Doge Cuban. I don't know if you guys follow him. He had a funny one this week. Somebody posted like it was in Spanish and somebody, oh, yeah. somebody retweeted it and put like, you know, this is a horrible problem. Like the original post was in Spanish and he's like, well, I don't, none of those things are even words. So I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, and he got hated eh, by, by all the, so all the Spanish speakers are like gringo, this gringo, that like <laughs> fuck out of here. It was pretty fucking hardcore. But that's, hey, that's I, like, I saw that thread. the line though, right? It's like, okay, he, you know, he's when you know he's trying to be funny. Okay, it's funny, but like maybe there's times when you get triggered and like that person was just trolling and you just walked right into it, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was an epic thread. But I, I noticed that there's no, well, at least on my device, there's no longer an option to translate the tweets. So oh, I had yeah, like, yeah. did you did you see that too? Am I the I, only one? I you know I I haven't tried in a while, but I guess now that you mention it, I. I would notice, like, it seemed like, I don't know, the last few times, I guess, but it's been a couple of weeks since I tried. But, yeah, I used to like that feature. It was great, especially when there was Chinese posts, right? Like, uh, a lot of people from Hong Kong tweeting and stuff, relevant information, especially regarding Litecoin and, and you know, the hype that's going on around the LTC20 tokens down there. Hmm. Yeah, I don't I know. Maybe, be... maybe it just doesn't do Spanish. Let's investigate no, further in that, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right because that, that's an interesting thing. Because I always love to see see information from another, like yeah, like let's say the riots that were in France last year. To be able to pull up a, a thread and actually read what this person was saying was going on, uh, unfiltered. It's super oh, useful. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, well, so we had there was a lot of stuff. I know we could go right into if you want. I, I'd kind of like to cover some new stuff. Um, the big ones, I, I would say that there were two Binance things that have been coming up. One has been uh, what the BUSD are they shutting down BUSD? Is that, is that yeah? Well, so that's that's what happened, right? The uh, the SEC um, demanded that Paxos stop issuing it. Because Paxos was the one that was minting the BUSD for uh, for Binance, so you know, in order to, to comply with them and not to get sued and get in hot water with the SEC, Paxos was just like, you know what, screw it. Um, and so they're no longer minting it, uh, and Binance is phasing it out, um, and they're replacing it with another token, uh, what's it called, FDUSD, which is being um, minted by this company in hong kong uh rather it's a hong kong based trust company called first digital group and so they'll be they'll be i guess binance's new stable coin provider um which is i guess i mean look i don't 
I can't use Binance anymore in Canada. I don't want to say I don't care because it's, it's, it is important. And it's just, it, it's really, it's really shameful, right? That this operation choke point is they're going after everyone. And it seems like they're just, you know, shotgunning any company that they can to, uh, to impede the market, the crypto market going forward. I don't know. I, I, I wonder why, you know, it seems like, I mean, USDC is from, uh, was a circle and some sort of coordination with Coinbase. Um, yeah, it seems like a publicly traded company would actually be a good use of a stable coin. You know, I mean, like a good place for it. Obviously, the only reason that doesn't work is that people in like sanctioned countries wouldn't be able to use it and that type of stuff. Right? Uh, maybe I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure. I don't use stable coins, so I probably should get some more experience with them but i don't know if they operate in the same kind of permissionless system right I mean, if they're on ethereum i'm guessing they do but uh i don't know do you have to have a, a sec- can you have a, your own wallet like a self-custody wallet of those does anybody in the audience know that maybe give a a 100 if you've had experience self-custodying stable coins but um well, yeah, the other thing out of the EU was that they just Binance again. So they were going to ban these privacy coins. Back in June, they said, no, that's not true. Actually, we decided we are going to allow the privacy coins. And then just today, they announced again they're going to ban the privacy coins. Uh, XMR, like FIRO, maybe even Decred was on that list. Did you have Did you have that? I think I sent that. Or you sent that to me, right? Yeah, I didn't see uh, Decred in there. Um let me see. We got Monero, Verge, Mobilecoin, Fyro, Beam, Zcash, Horizon, Navcoin, Pivx, Secret, Oh, and Decred, and Dash. Yeah. So wow, a lot of them. Um, I guess uh, I guess yeah. they're 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 really uh, concerned about money disappearing into the black market, um, as they call it. It's not the. That's gonna be interesting if that, as if we get MWM Mobile, uh, tip the scales. I mean, I almost feel like that's surprising that it hasn't been. I know in Korea there was some issue with it, but that MWeb didn't really cause any problems yet. Right. Well, I, I guess the fact that it's not perfect privacy, um, and it's something that you know the NSA can track still, potentially, probably. Uh, is keeping it out of the the spotlight for the moment. And the fact that there's no mobile wallet and really no one's, you know, because it's not a user-friendly experience, um, it's not getting the attention from from the regulators. It's, it's... I don't quite understand. If I'm if I'm living in Europe and I I open a core wallet and I receive MWeb from somebody outside of Europe, like I'm not sure how they're going to know. You know, I mean, there's no regulation. Behind it. There's no way for them to obviously stop that, and there's really, really no way of them knowing that. Well, if, unless maybe there's some IP address stuff going on, there may be that, but also um, a lot of like a lot of the exchanges, right? They're all the on ramps are, are regulated in Europe, right? And in, in most, well, in like every first world country, right? All these on ramps are being more and more scrutinized. Um, so there's there's 
I think it's trivial for them to trace it. Um, so, well, okay, okay. And I guess this is just exchange. This isn't obviously private citizens. I mean, if you live in and you live in Germany, you can receive and send Monero. There's nothing stopping you from doing that. Right. Yeah. There's no way to stop it. But you can't. You it's can't buy it off an exchange. Off. You can't like access it unless you're mining it yourself, or you 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 know you're you're getting it through uh, through barter. Or you could use it. Yeah. Yeah, true. You'd have to like, but you could like, I mean, you'd have to use something like BISC, right, to get to get access to it. Essentially, some sort of decentralized exchange. Or Thorchain doesn't have Monero, but they have shit. Do they have any privacy coins on Thorchain? I don't even know if they do. All right, we're getting we're getting off track off track here. But I don't know. It's just interesting. And the other part that I noticed was like uh, Strike. You know, they, there was some discussion with Jack Mauler today. They haven't even gotten into Europe yet. So they've, they've essentially said it's just too difficult to do business there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess uh, th- there's a language barrier as well. And I mean, in a, in a bear market, it's hard to get funding uh, to start new offices and to hire people. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, during the next bull run, if they did expand. Um, but I just think money's tight. You know what I mean? Um, Liquidity is drying up. Interest rates are still high. Inflation is through the roof. Salaries aren't following. So people's money are going to where they need it. You know, it's groceries and rent. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, when When is the next bull run going to happen? 2025? Hopefully, if we're lucky. But uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. But yeah, I saw you got some news. Maybe we'll jump back to the news. I think most people, the news of the week, I would say, there have been three things that have come up about Bitcoin in the last week that, I, that have been the topics. Well, drive chains has been obviously there. We talked about it a little last week. I didn't know enough about it. I, I watched that video you shared today, which I thought was pretty good. And I've maybe, I have an opinion. I'm going to maybe hold it back because I kind of want to bring, I want to discuss it if people want to talk about it. I don't want to go nuts about it, like go forever. But then the other thing that where I've talked about the general maxi confusion has been that there's been people again floating the idea of either a tail emission long term or just generally talking about the security budget issue that Bitcoin might have in the long term. And uh, I don't even know what to say. Like there's so many posts in the last two days that I just, I saved like 10 of them because my brain is starting to hurt. It's just that people don't seem to understand kind of the whole, the whole way that Bitcoin functions and why it functions the way it does, right? Like that there's particularly, there's already been like 25 hard forks or whatever of Bitcoin and nobody knows what, you know, nobody knows anything about Bitcoin gold or anything like that, because that's kind of how this is supposed to work. You can try whatever the hell you want. The point is, if people don't pay attention to it, it's not going to matter, you know? I don't know why that is such a hard concept to grasp. And maybe it's just a matter of these BIPs that are being proposed today. Um, that guy's probably smart to understand. Like, I don't, he doesn't want to, I guess those aren't hard forks. Those are just uh, soft forks, but um, well, no. So let's, let me go through what the BIP 300 and 301 are. Maybe in no particular order, because I'm going to glean this off that video from today, right? Sure, yeah. So essentially, what they do, I'm going to equate them. There's 
and try to give you some Litecoin language around it. So what they do, what it does is it enables side chains. So a side chain is a little bit like a little bit like MWIP in that you have kind of a separate chain that you take your Bitcoin and you can move it onto that other chain and translate into anything you want. And you can do anything you want in the other chain. So so hypothetically, if you wanted to, you know, get privacy, you could create a token called yeah, private Bitcoin and make 21 million of them and have it be exactly the same so that the only way to create this private Bitcoin would be to actually peg out regular Bitcoin and kind of lock them into this side chain. And then you can do whatever you want with them. You could even fragment it into 21 billion or 21 trillion, whatever you want. And then you could use that other chain all you want with no impact on the main chain. Is that sounding right so far, Animal? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, at that point, I, I get a little bit confused because, you know, you're going to want to peg out eventually, probably. Right. right. So let's say it's 10 to 1, right? 10 private Bitcoin for every Bitcoin. And you, you know, you do what you want to do on that chain. You decide, you know what, I'm just going to move back into regular Bitcoin. And you want to convert it from your 10 private Bitcoin and back into one Bitcoin. There is a process by which that happens, which is, I'll admit, it sounds a little bit like over the top. Apparently you have to wait like three months, 13,000 blocks you have to wait in order to get your money back, essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's meant to basically mean that the miners have signaled for a very extended period of time that your transaction is good. I mean, that seems like a long time. And I guess, like, what is the point of that? Is it to limit the amount of transactions on the L1 so that people, because imagine waiting three months for, for a check to clear. You know, it's, it seems absurd, but I guess that wouldn't be the, the use, right? They just want to then hold it at that point and store it for a longer term. Yeah, it almost seems like it would, essentially, these side chains would eat up a lot of supply and, that seems like a very inconvenient thing, right? You would almost, would more people almost trade those on some sort of decentralized exchange instead of, you know, I mean, why would you even bother? I uh, think what they, what they want to try to do, and this is like, there's this one guy, Paul, what's his name? Oh my God. Yeah, uh, he, he's the truth coin at truth coin. And he's the one that wrote. Yeah. And by, by the way, he created this like eight years ago. This isn't something right. like brand new. No, and this dude, he's basically saying like he he wants to kill the altcoins, right? He wants to dry up the altcoin markets by creating more altcoins. Like his logic is backwards. Um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, I tend to think of you know, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Well, yeah, take take Zcash because that was one of the examples he had. If you could get all the qualities of Zcash on a Bitcoin Zcash sidechain and not have to bother with Zcash, then uh, why would why would Zcash really need to exist? That's kind of the, the concept. Right. I, I don't know that... I do also agree, I don't know how much real value there is in many altcoins. 
beyond kind of the speculative nature of them. So would it kind of die, right? In Indigo, you've been um, in these talks more than anybody else, probably. Are we right so far? Hey, what's going on, guys? Um, I believe uh, with in terms of settlement and pegging out, so you could peg in, I think you could peg in any time into a drive chain. But yeah, to peg out is like a three-month or six-month settlement. But I think you could, you don't have to wait because you could do an atomic swap where just like going between uh, layer one Bitcoin and Lightning Network, um, you, you just do an atomic swap. And so someone else will take those funds for you. Um, but like you pay yeah. somebody a small fee just to get the speed. And like they know, they can be certain they're going to get the coins eventually. So. Maybe they charge you 3% or something like that. Like there'd be a market or something, right? Like some kind of open sea for these things. Exactly. Yeah, no, there would be a market for it. And yeah, someone is on drive chain. They want to get their Bitcoin layer one. You know, they just say, okay, you know, here's the here's what I'll pay. Or yeah, I'll, I'll take a little bit of a loss so that I could get my layer one Bitcoin and you could get into a, a drive chain. Because it is a one-to-one -one peg, like, uh, like Mimble Wimble. So you're not creating any new issue tokens or coins, I mean. And um, yeah, uh, that's kind of how I understand it. And the other part of this is the blind merge mining. So these side chains would be mined. Like the main, the main chain miners could mine transactions on the side chains and collect fees from the side chains essentially giving them more reason to continue hashing uh, Bitcoin. Right. And like, this is where I think a lot of people are concerned about is that um, to, let's say run a, a drive chain um, and the requirements, like minimum requirements are, is a really beefy computer. Only you would be able to mine it. Um, now pools would probably do something like that. And, uh, individual miners are probably going to want to to maximize their income. Nope, you, broke, you broke up a bit. Uh, um, what part did you guys miss? Just like three or four seconds. Um, okay, well. Yeah, you no, said so, individual miners. They broke up. So... Uh, with a yeah no if you're to let's say a specific drive chain has really high requirements for hardware to run uh, so a mining pool probably do it not all mining pools will be able to do it and i think that that could lead to some centralization where you know if you're a miner and you want to um, maximize your profit you're going to go to the pool that is able to uh, earn those revenues because they have the resources to do it um so there's there's some concern there I don't know how strong of a concern it is, to be honest. Um, it could just really be nothing. Uh, but it is something to think about, uh, to say the least. And uh, that's where I'm at with it. Like, I really don't know. I'm really intrigued by it. I'm really interested in it. Um, but I just haven't had any time to consider it. And it would be really cool to have all these features uh, that you could do with Ethereum. Um, or even Monero, 
but on Litecoin, basically. Uh, can I just say that this discussion, like like you were saying, the proposal was initially proposed like a few years ago. I know BIP three hundred one was created uh, in twenty nineteen. I really think that the only reason why we're talking about it now is because it's like a slow news cycle and the price, like the bears are in control of the price. And so they're trying to stimulate conversation and trying to, you know, become viral and bring attention, more attention and possibly more investment and, you know, have, have some kind of infinite development cycle uh, take place on, on Bitcoin now, as opposed to Ethereum gobbling up all the developers and all the, all the Git attention, you know what I mean? I really don't think that if, if Bitcoin were at a thousand or a hundred thousand, that we would even be entertaining this idea. We'd just be content with how things are going, you know, and we'd have this slow and steady mentality, you know, communally. I don't know. Yeah, not to... I, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, okay. I it's just because, like, I think at any price point, people are going to be wanting. People have always wanted to do more, you know, Vitalik Buterin started off with Bitcoin and RGB, you know, and that's why he created Ethereum. And Bitcoin doesn't have, like, complete dominant market cap. It's less than 50%, something like that. So, no, I get Paul's argument that there's no point if you build all these protocols on drive chain on Bitcoin, then, you know, you're not going to have any reason to do it on anything else. And you're not going to... Like their argument, like you're just inflating the supply of money by creating all these new coins. Um, you're not going to really do that when you do something like this. Don't you, don't yeah, you I see, see a lot point. of altcoins though? As like I've always felt, there a lot of them are similar to like crowdfunding. You know that yeah, someone is starting up a different idea, and you can choose to now. Now most people aren't thinking this in these terms, but. You know, you can choose to invest in it knowing that it's super high risk and it may go nowhere, but if it's successful, it'll pay off. And developers who are trying to do that don't have 10 Bitcoin to go create a side chain. Or they might just create a side chain with 0.1 Bitcoin, right? And then make still make a trillion tokens. And it's the same function as some of these pump and dump schemes, right? Uh yeah, I mean, you could realistically, couldn't you just take like $5 worth of Bitcoin and create uh, 300 million tokens or something, right? There's no real cap on it. Well, that's... What if... Um, sorry, go ahead. Well, yeah, uh, just quickly. That's the whole point of drive chains is so that you don't um, create these new tokens, a new chain with new tokens on it. Um, I don't, even that argument... No, that's what, but a drive chain valid. is a chain. A drive chain is a separate chain. Uh, it's an extent, like it is a side chain to the main chain, and you pay again like you would with Mimblewimble, uh, the Bitcoin, and then you can use that Bitcoin over there. So it's not generating any new Bitcoin, though you could do something like BRC20 or any other type of token. But that's not really Bitcoin. You know, you're not generating new Bitcoin by doing that. So you're saying, but if I okay, let's say I take ten Bitcoin and move it into a side chain, I'm not only going to have, I'm not going to just have 10 of whatever the new coin are. I can, I can translate that 10 into however many tokens I want, right? You're going to know, okay, it was a hundred to one. So instead of 10, there's 
whatever, a thousand coins, right? No, yeah, a thousand coins. And each one of my coins is worth one one thousandth or whatever. Yeah, 101, 1% of a Bitcoin. And if I want to translate it back in, that's what I can redeem it for. Like they're not going to just be purely limited to the 21 million still. Or am I, am I wrong in that? No, that's uh, definitely, I think that's one aspect of it. Oh, oh. man, we have so many problems with you. Every time you come in, I feel like you end up. No, that was just me. I didn't turn off my mic. I, did, I turned oh. off my mic. <laughs> uh, oh, that's, okay, that's not, that's not our problem. Then. User error. But um, no, that's the whole point, though. Like, even if you were to do a fixed ratio, you're not like creating new tokens out of thin air. It's, if it's one to 100 or 101, uh, whatever, it's going to stay that way. If you like, I don't even think they've really talked about that. But um, the ratios, if you were to do something like that, um, will be so that you can't peg out more than you peg in. Uh, so there can never be any more than 21 million Bitcoin. Well, right. But, but I could just take a uh, hundred dollars worth of Bitcoin, peg it out into a chain and, and create a trillion tokens. Like there's no, that, there's no limit to how far I could divide that down. Sure. But it's going to stay my chain, my with the same stay. ratio. But the point is, it's going to be the same ratio. Right. So, like, if you if it's a hundred to one, you put in one, you get a hundred in the in the drive chain. When you take out, you can only take out. I mean, you put in a yeah, hundred, yeah, I mean, you I, get back one. Right. I I have a question though. What happens when these secondary markets emerge and you have like this open sea for drive chains, and suddenly for whatever reason a token crashes, right? Like I don't know, there's a flaw in the code or something, and or maybe just the value of these JPEGs or whatever just plummets and everyone pulls out of them. Like, how does that work with the three month settlement? Where do the coins go? Well, or is that, that just, am question. I not getting it? That's a big question. Uh, like, imagine having to settle that, right? Let's say there's 100,000 people in there and you got 100,000 transactions that you need to do if a drive chain were to fail. That's actually a pretty valid point um, and a concern because it could lead to a lot of congestion. Yeah, my guess is that, yeah, see, yeah, because you couldn't just do a partial withdrawal. You'd have to have like a minimum amount that you're, in order to even create a withdrawal, you have to have X amount of sats, right? So you'd have to have whatever the equivalent of. 10,000 sats were worth of that coin you'd have to have to even turn it back into bitcoin it would it would create it would create straight up shit coins being able to claim they were backed by bitcoin right no doubt they're basically irredeemable in real bitcoin and may have no will have no real properties of bitcoin Except that they're mined by the same miners. That'd be the only thing. Yeah, the security aspect of it. Like that you know at least somewhere there's a trading ratio, but there's still going to be fees that are going to eat up your movement if you ever want to actually redeem the coins. So it's like Lightning Network. I, except it's probably better than Lightning Network, honestly. <laughs> Straight up science projects, man. But, <laughs> hey, uh, the the three month thing, I don't know if it's 
I, I can't speak exactly. Maybe, maybe it's three months, but that's just to get the side chain approved by the miners. Like you can't just like go and create a side chain. Like you have to, that has to be approved by the mining community. Well, here's what it is. That's a two, that's actually 2000 blocks, which is like your two weeks. It's a 90% of the miners or of those blocks need to, I guess, acknowledge your proposal mm-hmm. in order for it to become a side chain. Right. And then, so I guess that's a little bit of a control in creating complete garbage. Right. Well, suppose, I mean, that's kind of like how things used to be though. Right. For the most part, miners. could you just pay a Could you just pay a miner 10 grand and, Although you'd have to have a lot of miners. You have to pay off some miners to actually make that happen. But but I guess it's like, what is 256 eligible side chains, something like that. And then within those side chains, then you can add infinitum uh, within those, that within the BIP 300. The miners perform quality control, essentially. Yeah. Prevent, prevent scanning. Right, right. But, you know, Hopefully. with the... With <laughs> with the central you know if, if mining's like centralized to to the degree then it's you just they're they're uh open to i guess um being compromised to a certain side chain approvals i guess right yeah it, it you know my original thought was like eh, i'm not really sure it needs it and actually i watched this video and i was like it's probably fairly harmless but now that we're talking about it, I'm going back to like I don't I don't quite see the I don't see the gain of it. Well, it's 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 kind of what Animal was saying. Like at least this is what Paul and this other dude were talking about on on stage at at some conference was that <clears throat> you know this is to essentially gain, gain market share back. You know their their perspective is, um, you know these altcoins for the vast majority were shitty. Um, but you have had some that have brought actual utility and, and actually have some purpose and it's, you know, dominance has gone down significantly. So, you know, to, to combat that, like you would basically just, uh, you know, use the, the, uh, the features of, of like, as he's big on Zcash, you know, so like use Zcash privacy, um, or Ethereum type shit, right? To basically null and void like the, the use case for, for those other those other altcoins. Yeah, God forbid other coins exist, right? Well, I mean it, it is a total grip, right? <laughs> um, I mean I, I I yeah, I mean I, I'm it's so in favor of like atomic swaps. Like I, I don't want to be playing fucking circle jerk and you know like oh guess if my money's there or not you know type shit because like literally like you can be in the side chain and it could just blow up like i mean if there's a bug or something or whatever like there's no guarantees in any of that um and i mean there's no guarantees i guess in a lot of things but i'd rather be on an on-chain built you know from the ground up monero litecoin fucking Zcash, you know, then, then going in on pegging in on some side chain on Bitcoin and playing around on that shit. You know, it's crazy. All the money and energy that's gone into so much. And yet that like 
true DeFi has has been very difficult to come by. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, this this whole argument is just about like utility, utility, and I mean, Bitcoin serves the greatest utility of digital money is supposed to right a peer-to-peer censorship resistant you know means of exchange right a way to transact uh, in in a digital age just like like corner monero do right um so i mean like the this this concept that it lacks utility uh I, i don't i don't i don't get you know if ethereum does what it does and people want to use it i mean so be it but i mean bitcoin's still gonna serve a purpose but they're just so interested in number go up it that's 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 my my thoughts you know i mean this like it sounds like to me it sounds like it's just it's like they can't yeah they can't stand the idea of there just being another you know it's like you know i've always said in work like in my business life it's like i've always felt like do do well what you do well because when you try to go do something that you're not good at, it's just going to, you're just going to screw it up and it's going to make you do poorly what you used to do well, you know? Um, and that's what I always felt, just like focus on being this sound money. And if you want to, like, I think scalability is important for Bitcoin. Obviously we're Litecoiners, but it's clearly there, it's clear there isn't a ton of demand for it even right now. Like, Liquid doesn't get used. Lightning gets used, but it's not like people are clamoring to use their Bitcoin. If anything, it's more about self-custody solutions and, yeah, maybe some private ways to transact. But I don't even know of Bitcoiners that are wishing that they could create uh, JPEGs. And if they want, they can go on to use ordinals or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah, right, right. You know, the... The, the the tail emission right like 21 million bitcoin there's nowhere near that amount that's in, that's let's say all bitcoin are finally mined right and whatever year that is mm-hmm. there's never 21 million right i mean what maybe 16 something you know i mean like yeah. how, how many million i mean that that right there in in monetary policy or, or I, I don't know you should call it that but um, monetary fundamentals of Bitcoin, it, it, it's it's already off the mark, right? So, like, if there was a slight tail emission, something like what Monero does, right? That doesn't destroy the, you know, the, I guess, hardness of, of, of the concept. Bitcoin, yeah, you know? exactly. I've often said, <laughs> that um in a way by making the people who use bitcoin pay the entire security budget and holders don't have to pay that's a bit of like it's almost like a free ride you know that you have half the half the holders are relying on somebody else to pay the security budget they aren't willing to pay for it themselves mm. and when you when you say pay now are you are in your thought Inflation. Inflation. Inflation right. would be the payment. Right, right. Dilution, yeah. essentially, right? So you lose 1% of your value per year. But you're going to... The thing is... Here's the thing. Even with a... Uh, uh, even with a tail emission, you're still not going to... You're still going to pay the fees. Yeah. 
the fee the fee market doesn't change because you have a tail emission. Mm-hmm. It's all about supply and demand. Yeah, and then I guess like you know how long until you even break even on that twenty one million to where I mean it's it's not even technically inflationary, right? You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a good point. Let's say let's say we say eighteen million, right? How long would it take at one percent a year to actually get to twenty one million? It would probably take an eternity. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't it? I don't even know. Well, Let's I'm see. not sure. Tux might know. Uh, I can't remember offhand what Monero's is. I don't even think it's a per- it's less than a percent, I think. Yeah, it's like 0.8%, I think. It would take about 20 years to go from 18 to 21 million. Mm-hmm. Let's see. And then and then even even then when you hit that, uh you're not it's not even a, a full percent, right? They could even be even more conservative with right, that, like uh, a quarter 50. of a percent or something. Yeah, yeah. A quarter, right? Um, so well, if, this, if, you know, this brings up another one. I want to go ahead, go ahead and keep talking. I was going to want to pull up a tweet because this, this is where I got, uh, I get a little frustrated with the maximalists. Go ahead, keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I was thinking, you know, if, if it's still serving its purpose, right? Miners are mining it incentivized to still mine it you know people are using it the the quarter percent or whatever you know in relation to price increase because of this increased usage because i mean it's not being used today right i mean out of all the cryptos it is the most used crypto but it's still like nowhere near so i mean if you see increases in in demand um then of course price would subsequently follow so well, the, idea, the idea that you would go okay well it's it's the thing is it's become a meme that's the problem with it it's become a meme like, it's like the idea that a user would go well i loved bitcoin at 21 million but a quarter of a percent inflation year is unreasonable i'm selling it i'm never coming back because it has nothing else to offer me <laughs> that's just such a crazy concept you know but but okay, before actually before we get into that a little further, I do want to point to a tweet from Charlie, which the B cashers came at me about that I retweeted Charlie Lee and said, you know, wait for Charlie to uh <laughs> to uh chime in before you uh jumped any conclusions. But he he had this post from 2017 where it looks like it was made from Bitcoin talk. He was in a conversation. And essentially, it lays out how essentially you can have these side chains and drive chains already. It's on RSK, which is RSK, I believe, is merge mined with Bitcoin. So you could already have these side chains on both Bitcoin and Litecoin, and they'd be swappable. Like it already exists, essentially, what uh, this guy, Truthcoin, wants to create. It's already possible. I mean, does does it, I mean this just feels like gymnastics on drugs, <laughs> right? You're like, look, well, because you're because you're like an old school dude. You're like, look, I just wanna, I just want money that doesn't that isn't controlled by the state. Like, how how much more complicated do we need to make this thing? <laughs> I don't need to put my house on Bitcoin. I don't need to put my car title on Bitcoin. 
Like that stuff's all controlled by the state already. There's nothing I can do to avoid that. So what is the advantage? What's the, what am I really gaining besides like a marketing ploy, right? A reason to, like, they, like their chief was saying, like, to pump, or uh, animal was saying, like to pump the price, you know? Yeah. Well, you could still integrate it. Uh, companies can, yes, it is going to be permissioned to the sense that you're going to be reliant on the government to enforce uh, the contract. But companies are using this stuff to uh, to build out uh, products for their customers. Um, and so, yeah, no, it's definitely not going to be completely permissionless, but there could be a lot of value added there. Um so a lot of this was even discussed for with uh, ordinals or Omni, excuse me, on Litecoin, and companies creating uh, tokens or uh, rewards uh, for their customers using this. Now, as a consumer, this could be really beneficial for you because you can kind of more freely trade with these uh, on whatever network is being used with other people for Litecoin or Bitcoin or um, some other reward. And yeah, it, it's it's cool in the sense as a as a user of that, like you have more, you are more secure from the company and any other bullshit that they might do. Uh, so there is benefit there. But okay, like what if I'm a consumer and I'm like, look, I I'm gonna go buy some heroin and I want super perfect privacy. I'll just take my Bitcoin and go swap it on DeFi for Monero and go use Monero. Well, there's no confusion there. I don't. I don't no, I, mean, I get it. No, I, right? I get it. I completely agree. And that's the other perspective in the route that I would take is basically what Satoshi and Hal said uh, in their bidding us and generalizing Bitcoin. Create another a, a brand new chain, even with its own token, and uh, merge mine with Bitcoin or Litecoin. Now, if you're concerned about it, um, taken away market share you could create this so that it actually is more inflationary than bitcoin or litecoin uh, so it's less valuable and people are less likely to hold it um that's that's another approach and why we don't need the 300 and 301 just create a new chain yeah there seems to be this idea that like creating a new chain is completely impossible today that's another that's a weird one if you're like you couldn't launch a new proof of work chain today because it wouldn't be a fair launch. I don't understand that. I mean, I don't to be fair to the maxis, they're going to say it's like, well, you're inflating the monetary system then by doing that. Every new chain you create, um, even though it might have consensus because it's merged mine with Bitcoin, meaning it has 99% of SHA-256 hash power, that, you know, um, that's just inflating the monetary system. That's like saying an apple growing on a tree is inflating the monetary system because I can pick it and sell it for money. Like well, or, or a minor mining <laughs> or silver um, or another metal. Like, to me, it's like, yes, the price is going to float. Then they'll say, oh, it's just going to go to zero against Bitcoin. So then what the fuck are you concerned about? Exactly. What are you scared about? If it's going to go to zero, like, you think it's a threat? Uh, you don't think it's a threat, so why? What's the problem having it? It's stupid. Um, but so what are the risks of these drive trains, right? Like, so the, you're discussing the, the pros and stuff, but what are the, what are the cons? Like, is there a danger that these things can somehow corrupt the blockchain or just trap Bitcoin? Like if, if a, a side chain isn't well programmed that it just creates some kind of a, a black hole for Bitcoin? 
I think that would be the biggest risk. Let's say if you don't use a drive chain, you're just using layer one, what's the risk that may result in a drive chain? Is that if that drive chain were to fail and um, you have hundred millions of transactions that need to settle for all those users in that drive chain at once. Now that kind of congestion, how long would it take? Uh, do the math. Um, that could be the biggest issue, I would think. Now users of the drive chain, I think that there's like um, some NEV considerations, minor extracted value. Um, value, I don't know. Um, yeah, that there's like peg out issues where the miners can collude to take the money. Um, this, I think, that's all I could think of actually off the top of my head right now. Well, something says that they they decide, the miners decide the withdrawal destination. Uh, security models, economic miners, farm side chains for their transaction fees. Uh, the idea is that greedy miners will not kill the goose that lays the golden egg. Um, miners set the withdrawal destination. Won't they just steal all the layer two coins for themselves? And, and it says, yes, miners set the destination for withdrawals. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but, but they're, but they're uh, incentivized to keep, keep in good faith because they're getting the transaction fees unless unless that layer two coin is extra valuable right yeah that's the thing um <laughs> it's you're you're adding something into the blockchain or into bitcoin the consensus you're changing the consensus even though it's a soft work and if it fails, like if one drive chain fails so bad that people get a bad taste for drive chains completely, now there's this technical debt. And who knows what people could do with that um, additional features that have been enabled. It's, yeah, there's a lot of unintended consequences. There, there may be a lot of unintended consequences because of this. I guess now we know why it's been sitting on the table for seven years. <laughs> you know, no one can really get all excited about it. I look at this I, way, like, I think, I think, um, you know, to me, uh, beer is truth serum sometimes. And when I'm sober and I'm reading this stuff, I'm like, mm, it's interesting. But now I've had like literally two beers. I'm like, this is a waste of time. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> there is benefits to it. I'm still like intrigued by it. I want to see it tried out. I don't think it should be done on Bitcoin or Litecoin first. Namecoin, I think actually makes a lot of sense. Um, one, because you could use the narrative that Satoshi and Hal worked on it and created it. So how can it be a scam or a shitcoin? Um, two, it doesn't have any value or it could have value. Uh, even if it does, it doesn't compete with Bitcoin for hashing power since it's already merged mined. And um, uh, it's protocol compatible. Everything you built for Bitcoin could be used and brought over to Namecoin and bring it up to date. What is so that? that's essentially what a Bitcoin testnet is. Namecoin doesn't have any real value. No, so. there is. I mean, people are, people do have, there is value to Namecoin. Not that, sure, it's minimal. A testnet, though, has zero value. And so there's no, there's no way you could test for any type of game theory there because people aren't incentivized to do anything. Like a testnet gets spun up and spun down, right? Like, yeah, but so like you can only test game theory so far in a testnet when there's no economic incentive. For anyone to game things out 
you know. So um, SegWit, for example, um, if there's no, if it was the first major network that implemented was Litecoin with actual economic market cap. Actually, that'd be kind of curious. What was the market cap back then compared to Namecoin now? I don't know. Uh, but, um, and uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Namecoin's worth uh, above 40. It's up 26% since launch. What's the market cap? Uh, $20 million. $20 million. What was Litecoin at the time of SegWit? Back in 2016, 17? Oh, well, $4 times... There were probably like 50 million Litecoin back then. Probably like that. Because we hadn't gone through the second halving. So yeah, it'd so be... like 200 million? No. Yep, probably. Something like that. Okay. Not doing math publicly. Um, well, I mean, no one would be mad at you for that. <laughs> well, I, honestly, I, I think it, to me, I don't know. It's not, I don't know. I don't see it as something that we should be all that interested in. There's nothing about it that really excites me that I don't think is already pretty possible through like Omni and Ordinals or what if or you through could, DeFi, frankly, through DeFi, like, I mean, I, like, I don't see why it has to be pegged PVM. to the original asset. What, what is the benefit of it being pegged to the original asset? What difference does it make? Because even yeah, if it's I pegged... You. I get you there. But, like, what if you could do it on Litecoin? What if you could have an EVM uh, drive chain on Litecoin, and then you get all the developers and all the ecosystem that comes with it on Litecoin, you know, denominated in Litecoin? That would be pretty big for Litecoin and the ecosystem of it. People using Litecoin to do a drive chain for Litecoin for even a stable coin, um, like whatever Solana or whatever people are using uh, for for that. And how can you have stable coin if all the coins on the chain are pegged to a Litecoin? Like, uh, just you know the same, same way you would right the same way you do it right now with me. Or ordinals and creating the token on top of it, but um, sorry, what a sec. Yeah, I don't know. But and like liquid exists, and it does a lot of this stuff, doesn't it? I mean, it's a layer two, and it issues security tokens and other digital assets. So yeah, but it's federated though. Right. Yeah, it's federated, and this was it Blockstream. That's uh, you know. They're based here in Montreal, actually, which is kind of cool. But yeah, you're right. It is federated. It's not uh, decentralized like BIP 300 would be. Yeah, I'm surprised with how much love Lightning gets that Liquid doesn't get some use. You know what I'm saying? From what I hear, Liquid's mostly used by people having to move a lot of money between exchanges so that they don't have to pay any tax consequence or, or they could obfuscate the transfers. So, I I've never even what... seen Liquid on an exchange. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're gonna change topics. Uh, I'm gonna. So the other thing I put up there is this Dennis Porter. This is kind of what I was talking about. So this conversation did come up because Peter Todd posted something about the potential of tail emissions, and you know this this is one this is one of the. I don't understand how someone can be so prominent and yet not understand, I guess, how Bitcoin is intended to function. And so he says, you know, if 
uh, if you created missions, that rate is decided by humans, and then we're in a fiat system where suddenly humans get to decide the rate, and we're kind of back to square one, and we lose the scarcity, and it's all for naught. Which again, I guess this is a basics. If people created a wanted a hard fork from two percent inflation to ten percent inflation. You just don't run that chain. You know, there's the trade-off of that. And But if it's what people want, if they desire to have the one with the inflation, they'll use that one. Would you, would you agree or not agree? Am I wrong in that? Well, I mean, I guess a, I guess a god or some unhuman entity created bitcoin to start right well if you want to do if you do want to bring the lord into this uh, i think gold has a pretty good inflation rate like it has a very good difficulty adjustment built into it It has has proven to be pretty damn good over the course of time i mean until until spacex starts mining asteroids right yeah, but I didn't even see creating more of it doesn't it becomes less of an incentive once the once you drive down the price of the asset. So expending the energy to go get more gold, if you know when I okay, so today we're it's worth two thousand dollars an ounce. Okay, that asteroid has five trillion dollars of gold. If I go get five trillion dollars of gold and try to sell it, I'm just gonna dump the price of gold. And I'm not going to get the $5 trillion that I intended. Yeah, like the motivation would be for some rare earth metals or rare metals, I guess. That something are... like with real demand. Yeah, yeah. Like something that, that'll help. <laughs> exactly, for infrastructure. <laughs> Maybe electric car building in the future. Who knows? You know, I, I just want to like, it, as far as like what you said, um, hey, if this group of people disagrees with a quarter percent inflation and that group wants this much inflation well you can just you know ill fork and and then whatever chain has the most monetary action is is going to uh you know absorb that that uh that value uh i mean that that is like so bad for business for like ordinary people just think about like I'm holding my storing my wealth or my spending power in a money that some point or another, you know, could lose its value. And, and if you're, if you're like a normal non-technical person, I mean, that's a big deal. Like, Oh, you know, how, how do I, how do I get it on to, the valuable Bitcoin or the valuable. Well, but you, but in a hard fork, you get both coins. You don't, you don't miss out. Right. So you can just sit back. You're going to have, you'll have whichever one becomes the winner. So you'll, you'll, okay. So you'll have a shitty ass token and something valuable. BTCX two (laughs) five. I mean, you know, and again, you're talking about, you know, do the exchanges actually redeem the coins? If we, if it starts getting like wild, I know animals brought that up. Like there's definitely a, 
there seems to be a much bigger hard fork risk on Bitcoin than many other coins as far as this divisiveness to it. Mm. At least that, that's yeah. my perception. Well, so then at that point, his his statement about an eternal argument over what's the proper inflation rate is like irrelevant. I mean, because you're still going to you're still going to have all the coins with that fork. Right. It, it really wouldn't even. Uh, I mean, it would be bad. It would be bad for optics for sure. But it didn't, I mean, God, it happened in 2017, and four months later, Bitcoin went to $20,000. What? You know? um, <laughs> the inflation? What, the inflation? No, the or... Bitcoin cash, the hard fork. You know, oh, it was a oh, big yeah, contentious yeah. thing, and it didn't really slow anything down at all. Right, right, right. What's the expression, uh, past results don't guarantee future returns? Like, uh, who's to say... And, and, I don't think the right Indigo can correct me if I'm wrong, but the BIP 300 implementation would be done through a, a, a soft fork. Yes. And you wouldn't be given um, anything extra. I guess you guys are talking about creating some kind of a different Bitcoin protocol that has yeah. tail mission that yeah, increases yeah. the cap. Been up, that's been coming up. It's Peter Todd, who I think is a block stream developer. Let me see if I can find his tweet. It said something to the extent of like, this is probably going to have to become a rea reality. Uh, and, it, and it almost has become this, there's a groups of people that want to acknowledge that there's a very real, like the security budget has to be addressed. Like it's worth a conversation at least. And then the other part of people just are like, nope, not happening. Like, they just this want to is... put their head in the stand. <laughs> here, let me... Uh, he said... Well, here, I'll put it up here. He said, certainly could, which is why people should run nodes to discourage a non-consensual hard fork. Conversely, I think, say, in 10 to 20 years, the idea of a hard fork to add a small tail emission may not be so controversial anymore. Uh, here, I'll put it up here. Uh, yeah, and, I, I, and that's that's the other thing that's hard to get sometimes we get things overlapping is people look at like uh minor rewards like how much does a miner make they make you know 90 percent of their money comes from block rewards 10 percent comes from fees so if i keep the block rewards where they are then my fees are going to stay the same like that, that gets that gets confused but the reality is the block reward does not really does not impact the fees the fees will go up if there's a lot of demand to get on the blockchain and they won't go anywhere if nobody cares to use it. What the tail emission would do is ensure that you have a secure chain even if people aren't using the blockchain. So you're either going to pay it, but if the tail emissions go away, oh man, all right, let me start from the beginning. <laughs> so as the tail emissions go away, these miners are spending tens of millions of dollars a day. So if the block reward starts to go away and it's not replaced by fees, then security is going to go down. Well, so that's, that's already going to happen, isn't it? Now that I think about it. 
because and, and this is something that that'll happen in a hundred years, right? I don't. I'm. I don't think so. In my opinion, I don't think it's that. I think, like he just said, ten to twenty years. So you're gonna be down to three and a quarter or three and an eighth next year. In four years, it'll be like one point six Bitcoin, and then I mean, you're gonna start getting down to maybe twenty years. You're gonna be down to like barely more than a transaction fee. I mean, assuming the price stays where it is, right? Like, if if the price of Bitcoin reaches a million or five million, transaction fees should be sufficient. Uh, We can hear you now. Yeah, Indigo, you're kind of, I've noticed your, like, speaker, the little mute thing is, like, fluctuating on and off a lot. So I don't know if you have the phone up to your ear or something, and maybe you're bumping it. No, I was just wondering. I just heard silence for a minute. Oh. But um, no, like it, it makes sense. Like if the transaction fees stay the same, and the Coinbase reward keeps going down, the miners, the fees that the the, the amount of rewards that the miners earn is going to decrease, and so they're going to have to shut down, and the difficulty will drop and decrease. I mean, there's a yeah. lot of actual variables. You also got to consider the the price of Bitcoin at that time too. If the right. price so, keeps going up. Like, like Animal's saying, like you have to, it has to double every four years or it starts to break down. Because yeah. the, the thing we've always talked about is like, well, if, if, uh, if once the block rewards go away, you're going to have to have $100 fees or something like that. The fact is the miners don't enforce the fees. So it's not like they can say, well, we're raising fees. It's all a demand fee market. So if nobody's actually using the base layer and willing, like, and wants to get a transaction in so goddamn bad, they're willing to pay a hundred dollars, one hundred fifty dollars to pay it, then it's just not going to exist. There won't, and no, and man, nobody's going to do it. Certainly not five thousand people every ten minutes. You know, there might be a few people that are willing to pay a high number, but. To say that five thousand people, twenty four hours a day, are going to pay a hundred dollar transaction fees for eternity doesn't make any logical sense. Maybe not people, but businesses could. Um, you know, they still want to settle within the same day, multiple times a day. Man, I don't. I... And um, see, that's that's lot... when you get into that that B cash territory where you're making this assumption that like. There's no other form of money. There's no, like, people don't extend credit. Like, businesses don't need to settle all day, every day. If you, I mean, you know, if you work at a business, you have a certain number of vendors. A lot of them bill you on a monthly basis or maybe bill you on a weekly basis. So you're paying them four times. It's not like you're paying, you got like 500 invoices a day that you need instant settlement on. It could be a large business, medium business, small business, globally. You know, and just Bitcoin alone is 220 million transactions per year. There are 330 million Americans. Just by people alone, that's not doable, right? And businesses would, you know, like people wouldn't do that, obviously. there's That's how limited it is. There's 220 million transactions per year. So businesses could probably want to pay that. Um, The fees, look at what happened in May. Fees were at 50 bucks per uh, a transaction. And I think that lasted for a few days. So it can. And this is with what, 3% population adoption? 
for cryptocurrency. <laughs> yeah, it's going to get a lot worse. Yeah, um, and I, I understand that, but like, okay, let's say you I could name any business in the world, and you got a vendor, you're not going to you're just going to issue, you're still going to have credit systems involved. People aren't going to, they're going to, they're not going to say, well, every time I pay you, I'm going to pay a $150 fee to get into the settlement. Like you'll just come to an agreement. Like, well, how about I pay you once a month instead of every week so that I can avoid the $600 in fees. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's just, it's way too high to think no, that people that's, will re- demand instant settlement all the time. It's just, it doesn't no, make any logical sense. It's not, you're right. And people aren't, but that's how limited it is that, you know, people are going to do that. And that's why lightning and people are talking about drive chains now as well. And even uh, other chains like Litecoin acting as a perfect substitute. Um. Yeah, it's the fees are the fees are going to be there. The fees will go up. I don't like Michael Saylor says I could a thousand dollar transaction fee. I wouldn't be surprised, actually. Um, well, will you agree that the security budget or the security, um, the fee has no relationship with the security, um security spend how about that like as in as security spend goes up by the miners they can't demand higher fees no the yeah, fee market is natural and evolves through natural free market demand yeah the well actually there is a caveat to that um miners do set the minimum fee that they're willing to take right so yep. litecoin they did decrease that all the miners can come together and say we're going to set the minimum fee to be higher that could be yeah i think that that would naturally happen if they're not earning any coinbase reward to subsidize the transaction fees and to keep the difficulty up actually that's interesting yeah Um, they'd have to force yeah they'd have to force the issue they would be forcing on to, to other layers basically right or they they would Maybe, oh, yeah, you have to, like, batch transactions. I don't know. We're getting very deep into this. I just think that um, the tail emission helps with security, but it's not going to solve the fee problem. So even if you do a tail emission, it'll help you keep keep secure, but congestion will still cause fee markets to explode. So I don't know. If that makes any sense, I kind of had an epiphany here. Sorry, <laughs> I'm like right in the middle of it, going, "Oh, wait yeah, a minute, but, These but, two are linked, but they're not linked." Why? Why? Why is there such a shine away from main chain development? Like, it seems like there's just this massive push to like these layer two projects, there's right? I mean, like. There's not much you can really do. Increase the block size, decrease the block size, uh, increase the block time, decrease the block time. Um, I think that's about it, really. I'm sure there's plenty that can be done. I mean, I'm not the one to do it, but <laughs> there's, uh, I'm sure there's, you guys got to get out there and work harder. We could we 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 could do something like a hard fork and implement Mimblewimble as the as the main protocol. 
uh, that would compress the transactions and provide fungibility, but that's going to be a hard sell. Yeah, but it's it's shit like that though, right? I mean, like that's not an outlandish development. <laughs> and you know, but instead let's let's push everything onto some layer two science project. You know, I just it just I feel like there's just money to be made is is the answer. No, I disagree with that. It definitely is because it's not necessarily money to be made, but to preserve money and make sure that the network is secure and you don't do anything that completely jeopardizes it. Like if we were to try that, you know, there's a huge risk that the market and the network will completely collapse. And uh, yeah, I don't think anyone wants to risk that for, or, I mean, I guess Vitalik and Ethereum, they did do that, but uh, it's look how long that's taken them and how much, how much time and how many issues they had. Yeah, I mean, it's risky. It's just really risky. And I think we have something that works pretty well. By the way, if anybody else wants to come up, I always feel like there's no restriction here. I'm not like, uh, I always wonder if I'm, if I guess people just like to listen. They don't, <laughs> it's like they got to chip in some way. Uh, a little more fun. nice to hear new voices. But yeah, I, I will put the bit pace stats up there too. I thought, this was interesting again. Um, BitPay, we're steady. We're just below Bitcoin, but we gained a lot of market share on BitPay. We haven't given it up. I don't. I, I don't know. I want to. I do like this conversation, by the way, about the block sizes and block times and all this stuff. I just. I don't know. I don't know if we can solve, if we can figure anything out, or I mean, if you guys want to keep talking about it, I don't mean to move us on if we're not. I, I really, I like, I like having Doge uh, as our tail emission. I'm fine with whichever the way w the wind blows. <laughs> and yeah, and on on that Doge note, can I bring up a bounty that Indigo uh, started a few months ago? Yes, and I do have another Doge thing to talk about after you go. So go ahead, yeah. Sure, and Indigo, feel free to uh, to step in and, and contribute. But uh, yeah, you started this bounty to um, was it uh, to add Dogecoin to the mempool space Litecoin page that we created, rather Lotion created, and we funded. Um, there's uh, currently seven and a half Litecoin in the escrow wallet, so. I mean, that's about 470 bucks, not a huge amount um, to motivate any potential developers, but I think there's actually one guy that was working on it. Um, I think it'd be cool to have both, you know, Litecoin and Dogecoin on the same page to be able to see both chains working. Um, currently on, on the, on the Bitcoin one, you've got, uh, was it uh, the lightning and liquid as well, I think. Uh, in drop-down menus, we could see those uh, those spaces. Um, they're good. They're good. Yeah. They're good learning tools. I, I mean, I I go through stretches, particularly like when the ordinal stuff was going on, the fees were going crazy on Bitcoin. It was very interesting to just watch it function, you know, and to get an understanding of how many transactions get in a block and how often the blocks go and that there is variability in the block times, you know, 
um yeah very, very interesting how, how all that works out and i think i think you're right that's a good tool out there it's yeah it's such a beautiful tool to to really show visually how the blockchain is working right like how all the all the all the bits and you know all the different blocks it's the fees and all that stuff it's great it's a great tool great learning tool um and practical useful you know especially when there's high fees you can kind of time it uh if you want it's kind of interesting to see how fees kind of uh go up and down on the hour almost like i don't even, know even the construction of the blocks right like how how large transit like high fee transactions replace low fee transactions and in the mempool yeah. and how it all happens in this automatically beautiful way right <laughs> yeah it's yeah. crazy it is kind of mesmerizing when you watch it so yeah there's mempool.space and indigo what's i i'm feeling bad i forget what that one what the litecoin one's called how uh it's explorer.litecoin.net <laughs> but it's called litecoin space uh, there's also right? litecoinspace.org uh sorry litecoinspace.org yeah that's, oh, this uh, is a Litecoin, Litecoin space, space every Wednesday. I think you stole my name because this is a Litecoin space every Wednesday. I conduct Litecoin spaces. <laughs> oh, I do have to tell you guys this because last week I was all like, all right, I'm going to create this like network of people to create content, you know? And I reached out like that Joel Valenzuela. And I was like, hey, man, would you want to do something? And I was, I was talking to like, Christy Lee and they're kind of like, yeah, that might, that sounds like maybe something I could do. And then Chief and I were talking about it, and for whatever reason, you can't, the only way you can post on another person's account is via desktop, and since you can't create a space via desktop, you can't create spaces under somebody else's account. So for now, this idea is on the, on, is tabled. I may still do it and try to like, if you know of good spaces that you go to and you're like, this is a good space, it's, you know, it, they stick to a fairly decent time frame. It's a good host. It's at a regular time. I might try to just create a, an account that shares good spaces. So like if you know, um, man, that is a place you can go and know that if you're going to listen to one, it's at least going to be a decent space and not just a total shit show. Because God, dude, there are some awful spaces. I'm not saying mine's the best, but Oh, some of them I go into, it's just, it's, it's the worst. Nothing constructive at all. All right. Well, yeah, some of them, the people just go on mad rants and you think they're they're on something. <laughs> like it's, I mean, it's it's really interesting to see some of these spaces go off actually, but you can't listen for too long. There's one the other day that's got this, oh, this dude was like, Somebody said something to him. He was mad and he was like threatening this other dude, like, come save my face. I will fucking kill you. I was like, Jesus, this is a Bitcoin space. What is going on in here? <laughs> I came in here to learn about drive chains. What are you guys talking about? So, yeah, hashtag bear market things. <laughs> hashtag peaceful re re revolution. <laughs> oh, dude, hey, did you see this one this week? Uh, this, only because it's a privacy thing, uh, Meta, and you're my privacy guy. Liberty Safe, did you see this? Where? Uh -huh. What happened? Um, I just shared it. 
On August 30th, Liberty Safe was contacted by the FBI requesting the access code to the safe of an individual for whom they had a warrant to search their property. And the company proto protocol provided access codes to law enforcement. So essentially, what Liberty Safe gives a has a like back end way to to open digital safes that they sell, and uh, gave it to law enforcement, which I thought is pretty crazy. If you got a safe, you know what I talk about digital, like with a digital keypad. Yeah, how's your stock price doing after that? <laughs> I just couldn't believe that. Like of all the businesses, you would think you would have a got something in place that like even if you're just gonna say, look, I don't want to get involved. Right. Yeah. Like we're just gonna act like or why even create the back door in the first place? It's fucking third parties, man. You know. Let's see. All right, now I'm going to get into another thing that was on this week. I got, dude. I have so many things I want to talk about this week. I want to talk about BCH a little bit because they're being little BCHs. <laughs> I want to talk. I do like talking about the the fee market versus tail emissions, but I I could talk about that for hours and maybe another time. I want to talk about Chief and I did a show, an NFL show. Nobody showed up, but we got our picks in. <laughs> And I want, and we want to do like a maybe a chief. What are you thinking? Like, it might be fun to do get together once a week, maybe Friday, do like an hour. Everybody make their picks. Some sort of we got to have some sort of like betting pool, essentially, where maybe you don't make the bets every week, but we keep track of what betters won and lost. But it was a dude. We did two hours, went through the whole NFL. I already figured out who's going to win the Super Bowl. And uh, <laughs> it was fun. It was good. We're going to try to do more, some more NFL content. Uh, and damn it. Now, now I lost track of what I was going to talk about. There was another thing I was, what were we just, what were we just saying? Liberty safe uh, compromise. Oh, it's the whole, this uh, minor that's receiving money from the state of Texas for essentially being this kind of buffer for their electrical grid. And when you talk about right. third parties being captured, like once you're receiving subsidies, once your business model is reliant upon government subsidization, like it's, you might as well be the government. Well, hold on. How did they receive uh, those subsidies? It was because they turned off their miners in order to stabilize the grid during high energy uh, output months, right? Like August, because of all the AC, there was a heat wave in Texas. Yeah, and they reduced their output by 95%. And they received, I don't know how many millions of dollars from, I guess, the, the state government. Yep. $23 million uh, or something. I mean, I for, for me, I, I see that as as a good thing. You know, I see that as them serving um, uh, a really important function uh, to, to power grids that are maybe unstable and don't have the funding to stabilize a grid. These guys are going in there, you know, maxing out the grid, but the second that people need it, you know, to survive, um, the government says, okay, guys, like we'll pay you just 
stop your miners for a bit, you know, like people are dying over here. I don't see that as a negative personally. I see that as kind of like the future of, of proof of work mining, um, especially in remote locations or locations where power is less abundant uh, and more expensive. Right. It's often more efficient to just keep, you know, to build out and max out a power grid, right? So they know they have a customer all the time. They can build bigger power supplies. And then when there is that flex of demand from the consumer, they can, yeah, back off. I, I understand. Oh, yeah. It's like a water tower, essentially. Yeah, sensor blocks, right? <laughs> well, that's, well, that, so what brought this up is Swan Bitcoin had a space. I jumped in. There was like a, I forget what the mining company was. I wish it was, I was catching the tail end of it. And they were talking about subsidization of miners, essentially. And it really got me thinking about like, well, what's this, like once, again, once you become, once you factor that money into your business model, and you get to the point where like, well, if we don't have that money, we're not going to be either profitable or right. We got to shut things down or we got to lay people off, whatever it might be. Then it gets very enticing and very easy for anybody to say, well, look, if you're going to be mining and taking this money, there are certain addresses. You're not allowed to mine blocks. You're not allowed to include transactions in your blocks with, um, it's, a, it's, it's not a stretch, right? That doesn't seem very unlikely at all. If, literally liberty safe is letting people basically hacking safes that as a consumer you would assume is of all things i have a safe i have my stuff's in it no way is a warrant going to i don't know i mean my god damn <laughs> i sound crazy but okay i didn't even think of that no but you're right guy. yeah you're just, you're just, it just basically opens the door to it but I agree with you, like in a perfect system where we didn't have to worry about any sort of uh, censorship from the state, then yeah, it just seems like a really strange relationship. That's all. And not that's it. I don't think Texas would about. be the one to do that. No. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to get too dystopian, but I mean, aren't they all the same? Come on. Yeah, you can't trust them. <laughs> can't trust them as far as you can throw them. I don't know. That was just something that, that came up this week. And I think there's been a benefit as much as maybe this might sound like cope, right? The fact that Litecoin and Dogecoin have not grown to this crazy hash level and that the value of the chains have not ballooned like Bitcoin has, I think has actually been a, a benefit that... It's almost like there, there isn't the need for this. There really isn't the need for as much hash rate as there is on Bitcoin. But since the demand has been there, they've been pumping out these machines like crazy because the price has ballooned. So it makes still economic sense to go create all this hash power. Um, and if the price does get to the point where it doesn't keep increasing, you're going to have a lot of dead machines sitting out there that people are going to be picking up for almost nothing. Maybe even go into a, uh, landfill and pick up free mining equipment. Doesn't mean Bitcoin's dead. It's just saying there's a lot more machines out there for Bitcoin than there are for Litecoin. 
because we haven't ballooned in price. Is this making any sense? <laughs> Sometimes I wonder if my brain is working on a different level and <laughs> not necessarily a good one. <laughs> I guess right. we have, we have a lot to be thankful for with Dogecoin because they, I think, um, do a lot. They're, are doing a lot uh, to increase the hash rate and to keep it propped up. While, this is one I want to talk to you about Dogecoin with the push to go to POS. I spent too much time on spaces this weekend and I got into a Dogecoin space with, dang, that Queen Satoshi was in there. And actually somebody else who I thought was a pretty good, she, she talked, uh, she was long-winded, but I am too. Uh, at Doge Accept. But they gave me the rundown on all this stuff going on with Doge and the foundation uh, basically trying to get proof of stake. Sounds to be like what, what their foundation is trying to do. Sounds like a whole lot of BS that's been going on. What do you think that would do if, like, hypothetically... You know, Coinbase starts acknowledging that Doge POS is the true Doge. Yeah, they would have a fight on their hands for sure. Oh, here, look, Dansky, you're in the crowd, creator of SHIB Magazine. SHIB Magazine, do you want to give us some input? I mean, God, you're a writer. I would think you'd be quite the eloquent speaker. <laughs> Oh, all right, cool. Here he comes. Oops, hang on a second. Can I, I have a friend named Dan? Can I just call you Dan? I'm actually a terrible speaker. That's why I write. <clears throat> but uh, right. <laughs> no, you can try. But, but I'll try anyway. Um, no, uh, I. I don't know. There's 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 a lack of transparency happening from from the foundation. So I guess there's a lot of like speculation as to what's actually happening. Um, they say that they're you know they they like the idea of I, I think some of them like the idea of proof of stake. I, there hasn't been any proposals whatsoever. So I I. I I can't really say anything on it because I don't really know what if they have a plan or or what the plan is or if they're just trying to push people to the edge. I don't know. <laughs> I really well, don't okay, know. So, you know. So did Vitalik? Vitalik did give a lot of money to the foundation. Is that right? That's what I understand. I've never seen the receipts though, so, but that's what I understand. Yeah. You're the writer of Sheep Magazine. I need all the. All the I know. Dirt. I haven't actually dug gotta, into the. I haven't dug into the dirty details on 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 that one. Camera. I need some. You need to go on some dates with some guys. You know, <laughs> hidden camera, Padraig Veritas style. Uh, yeah. She, so it, it started apparently like this. What she was telling me is that there were some people that got onto the some developers that essentially appointed themselves to the Dogecoin Foundation. Whether the, again, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I don't know what kind of voting structure there is to their foundation. Just like I don't know what is the Litecoin Foundation either. I guess, um, but they've not, been funded not. essentially. <laughs> yeah, well, they've been funded, and I, I don't know that 
I mean, there's a board of directors, I think, of the Litecoin Foundation, but I don't know that the community can like kick someone off the foundation or anything. I guess it would just be a matter of stopping donations. But if you have a big funder like Vitalik, who can uh, obviously influence their foundation, um, some of the guys and they they tried to, and then those are the guys they tried to trademark the name Doge, which failed correct no they they i think they actually have the name doge I, I just learned that the other day i didn't realize that but um they tried to to trademark the logo and oh, um yeah and they, and they and they failed well they got a a generic um they were told that it was too generic which is good like that sounds good that's what you want but um it sounds like they want to push it further and and it just created this big pandemonium in the community, like I don't know what they're we like. That's what I'm trying to say. Like, there's not enough transparency whatsoever as to like really what their core idea is and what they're trying to do. So it's just all there has been a lot of speculation. But so this all like the foundation, it, this Dogecoin Foundation was spun up during 2021 during the Doge bull run, right? Or shortly after? Yeah, like and... this recent iteration. Yeah. And before Wait. Ethereum went to p- proof of stake, right? Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So a lot's changed since then. You know, Doge is now back to six cents, and Ethereum is on POS. <laughs> so I'm just wondering if there's still if, if there's still gas in the tank for this thing to happen at this point. I I, I really do, I don't think so. I mean, I. I, I talk to a lot of people in the community and I also read a lot of the stuff that they talk about. And like, I mean, of course anybody can fork Dogecoin and, and make a POS version of it. There already is one that exists right now. I can't even remember what it's called, but it, there is one that actually exists, um, which they could use if they wanted to. Um, but yeah, no, like there's just, like, I don't think a lot of people in the community would ever really be interested in it. I mean, a lot of the reason why people are interested in Dogecoin is because it's proof of work. Because they believe in proof of work. Like that's, and so it wouldn't really make sense to to shift or to proof of stake. I don't think it would have enough. I don't think it would have enough gas. Or like in 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 respect to, to to the amount of people that support it. Well, the big yeah, thing. What I was telling them. The big thing is like getting in front of is, is support frankly from someone like coinbase and finance right that that doge ticker continues to represent proof of work doge because yeah i i disagree with you i think most people don't really know frankly a lot of people buy the doge because there's a, a funny doge on it and it's six cents i don't want to burst your bubble i'm just telling you the truth I'm not saying it makes it bad. I'm just saying that's probably the motivation of a lot of people. It's fun. It might go to 60 cents again. I'll just stack up on it. Whether it's POS Doge or Proof of Work Doge, I don't know that they would, they're doing that much homework on it. You're probably actually right. <laughs> there are people <laughs> but, that I talk to and, they, and, they, and, they, and they, there's a lot more people that I don't talk to. So yeah, you are probably right. So a good thing we have is that Litecoin miners will continue to mine both right uh so there will always be hash power directed at doge um even if that other one does exist it's just the name thing that might be why they were going for the name 
because they know that that's ultimately the the big thing. Hey guys, I bet you thought you were going to get away from hearing about Cake Wallet this week. Nope, I'm sneaking one in right at the end. So hey, uh, as you guys know, uh, Cake Wallet is the official wallet of the Litecoin Underground. And it has really been a great partnership. I've been going in on some of their Twitter spaces and you know, Justin and Vic are just great guys. They're really growing the team. They've had some developers. They're adding a lot of functionality. Um, as you guys may know, um, they just added ETH and all these Ethereum coins. They're adding, I think, Nano soon. Rumors of BCH getting added on. So um, really focused on the coins that people can use in their daily lives. And as you know, the first three were always Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Monero. You can buy them. You can swap inside the wallet. So I used it when I bought an ordinal on Bitcoin. I actually went into my Cake wallet, swapped my Litecoin into Bitcoin, and then sent it off to be able to do an ordinal. So I thought that was pretty cool. Of course, Bitcoin takes a while. That's not Cake's, Cake Wallet's problem. That's a Bitcoin problem. But um, yeah, so I always urge people to self-custody and Cake Wallet's just a really great way to do that. So go check those guys out. It's in the app store, cakewallet.com. You can buy gift cards, all that fun stuff. So uh, please support the show and support Cake Wallet. Thanks. What do you mean? Anything else going on? So, do you have any? Are are the concerns legit? Because the the people I talked to in Doge now, granted, it was like it was like one in the morning on a Saturday, so they might have been, you know, intoxicated. But uh, are those legit concerns you have, or, or where where are you putting the proof of stake thing at right now? Out of a hundred, what are, what are we at odds wise? I like I per- personally. Um... I, I guess I, I, I don't I don't necessarily know. I mean, it all depends on whether or not they they want to come out with some sort of a proposal or something, right? Like, there's none of that that's been that's been thrown forward yet. So it's kind of difficult to like really gauge on whether or not they're even serious about it, or if there's any potential of it, or or if there's a you can't do it if you don't have a plan, right? So, um, like that. So at right now, I guess with no plan, it's a zero for me, but. I, the, the risks, there's you know, risks involved because I mean, if if you think about you know what what they've been talking about lately and what they're doing and and uh, I guess I actually just brought up the uh, they they did actually get money from Vitalik. Um, they have 500 ETH in a wallet, and they also have like two million worth of Dogecoin in another wallet. So they do have money. They have funding to to fund development of these things. So that is a potential risk as well. Well, Vitalik wants me to create the Litecoin underground foundation to explore proof of stake possibilities and give me a million dollars. I'll take the million dollars, but just, I'll say it recording. That's never going to happen because <laughs> no way in Litecoin wants that, but uh, just for Vitalik, if he wants to give me a million dollars, you know what I'm saying? I know. I, I I get the sense the the biggest hurdle was this, and maybe Gary Gensler did did us all a favor by ending all the yield stuff 
So like if Coinbase offered a Dogecoin that gave you 5% interest on it, and then a Dogecoin that didn't, that's when you run into problems, right? Because that's what people flock to. They go, oh, 5% interest, you know? So now that they aren't allowed to offer these interest vehicles or whatever, I think that's going to, that should be a benefit to the, the legit money.